0: Lift it up say, this is my Bible. Is my Bible. It, is it is the Word of God and the will of God, will of God. for my life. My life. I, am I, am. I am who the Word says I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ, God. In Christ, Jesus. In Christ Jesus. I am where the Word says I am. Says I am seated right now seat in God. the heavenly realms in the, the place of authority, place of authority dominion, and dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine, and I can do with the worst as I can do. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Today my mind is alert, my spirit is receptive, as I am taught the word of God. My life has changed for the better, and I will never, 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 never come on, shake those Bibles at me, never, never, never. Be the same again. again. Now give five or six people a high five before you are seated this morning. Now this morning we're going to be talking about, we're in the middle of a series called The Miracle of Seed Faith Giving, and we're going to talk about giving and receiving in the kingdom of God. And let me read you one more testimony before we get started this morning. Praise God for his goodness. His blessings have been chasing me down. How many of y'all like to live that way where blessings are chasing you down? His blessings have been chasing me down. I didn't want 2021 to end without sharing some of them. On September 26th, I sowed a, a faith seed, and I received nearly a hundredfold return the very next day. It was a total miracle, an unrequested refund from an attorney from four years back. Deuteronomy 28.2 and Luke 6.38 is true in our lives. And during the next four weeks, I sowed seeds and received two unexpected checks in the mail and also an increase in business sales. Amen. How many of y'all could, how many of y'all could take, handle some business increase in sales? 2 Corinthians 9.10 is true in our lives. Thank God for our pastors teaching us and modeling the Word of God for us. And that's why we're doing this series, The Miracle of Seed Faith Giving. Because the number one thing that Christians fail to do is they fail to follow God's Word when it comes to money and success. They fail to establish a covenant of increase with God. Now notice it's a covenant of increase, Not a covenant of barely getting by, not a covenant of decrease, but a covenant of increase. Everybody say, a covenant of increase. increase. And because they fail to establish a covenant of increase with God, they flounder, they borrow too much money, and they're oftentimes reduced to continually seeking financial miracles through various means. But we want to show you how you can become the successful and wealthy individual you desire to become, and that God has in store for you. Because when you follow these principles, it is inevitable. It is inevitable. Now it's not a shortcut. it's not a, get, it's not a, a quick scheme. It is a lifestyle of generosity. Everybody say a lifestyle, generosity. a lifestyle of generosity. The great apostle of faith and healing evangelist Smith Wigglesworth used to say in Mark 4:28 was his favorite verse, "For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear." And after that, the full corn in the ear. And so that's why we're talking about the miracle of seed faith giving to show you how you can use this principle in your life to set up your life in the next level financially. Now, you have to do something in order to pull ahead. So they never say, you got to do something. Everything in the kingdom of God, you have to do something. I didn't say you have to do everything. But I said you have to do something, and you have to do what God has asked you to do. So if you desire to be supernaturally blessed and increased by God, then you will need to release your faith in seed form by sowing financial seeds into the kingdom of God and into his anointing and into his anointed. So what we're really talking about is a lifestyle of generosity. Now Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21, Now to him who's able to do immeasurably more. How much more? Immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine, according to His power that is at work within us. Where is that power at work within us? Within us. To Him be the glory in church in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Back in 2006, Pastor did a series called "Biblical Wealth Development Strategy," and he gave four steps. The first step was make the money. How I many know? You got to go to work. I said, you got to go to work. Number two, got to tithe the money. Number three, got to save and invest the money. And number four, you've got to sow the money. So you got to make the money, tithe the money, save and invest the money, and sow the money. Now, I also want to point out this morning a scripture, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, as we get started. Romans 12, verse 2 says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. And how many y'all are so happy that we don't have to live according to the pattern of this world. Praise the Lord Almighty. Amen. Do not conform any longer to the power of this world, but be transformed by, how are you transformed? By the renewing of your mind. Everybody say, I am transformed, I am transformed. When, my when my mind gets renewed. Then, then, after you have what? Renewed your mind right, after you've been transformed by renewing your mind, then you will be able to test and approve of God's will, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. See, a lot of people are talking about God's will, but they've never transformed or renewed their mind. They have no idea what they're talking about. Because you have to transform. You've you to change your way of thinking. The kingdom of God is not like this world. The kingdom of God operates different than this world. So you cannot go by what this world is saying. You can't go by what this world is saying. You've got to go by the biblical principles that we find in the kingdom of God. So you've got to renew your mind. You've got to renew your mind. So many in the body of Christ have not renewed their minds to the truth of the miracle of seed faith giving, so therefore they haven't walked in it. How can you walk in something that you don't know about. Amen. And on top of that, how can you walk in something that you know about, but you don't do anything about? Amen. It's not enough just to know the principle. It's you've got to act on that principle that you know. Now, now listen, I gave my, I, I recommitted my life to Jesus Christ, October 27th, 1990, as a sophomore in high school. at uh, And... Uh, at a youth retreat on Saturday morning, I recommitted my life to Jesus Christ. I went all in for the Lord, all in for the Lord. I gave him everything. He demanded things of me. He demanded that I change my friends. He demanded that I change my music. So I did it. I went home, and I immediately did it. I immediately did it. Best decision I could ever make my entire life. But over all these years, and I was taught to tithe, I was raised in tithing. I was raised to be generous. I was raised in all these things. But listen, if you don't intentionally work these principles in your life, these principles will not have maximum effect in your life. So you have to have the ability to think about these things and then actually do them. So a few years ago, I received some correction. How many of y'all ever been corrected before? How does it feel when you're corrected? I was checking to see if we have any liars in here, right? (laughs) Yeah, I got corrected, man. It was awesome. Woo, yeah, it felt great. It didn't feel great. It didn't feel good. But what did I do? Did I complain? Did I get offended? No. I listened, and I got to work. I got to work. I got to work. And so start intentionally putting these principles into work, into our lives, into my family's life. Into, into, into my kids' lives, right? This concept of giving and receiving in the kingdom of God. Now, number one, for this morning, at number one, if you want to receive, you first must give. Everybody say, if I want to receive, then I first must give. Now, we know this because Jesus said in Luke six thirty eight, give, and it will be given to you. Now look up there on the screen. Did I make that up? Anybody have their Bibles here this morning? I'm talking about a real-life Bible. I'm not talking about a Bible that could be hacked on your, on your phone. I'm talking about a real-life Bible, right? Did I put that in there? No. Give, and it will what? Be given to who? To you. Everybody say, give, give. and it will be given to me. And by the way, these are red letters. These are Jesus' words, not mine. A good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured in your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Now, our country used to hold up the great industrialists such as Harvey Firestone, Henry Ford, and Thomas Edison. And these men were all original thinkers. These men all created tens of thousands of jobs for others. These men became fabulously wealthy. But a not so well known fact is that these men were world-class philanthropists. In other words, they were givers. Everybody say, they were givers. givers. The stories about the great givers in American culture are, are legion. Andrew Carnegie, born in 1835, was an immigrant to America who became the richest man in the world in his day, and he was a tither. Oh, no. He was a what? Tither. He went beyond the tithe, especially in his later years, where he became the greatest philanthropist in the world in his day. Later in his life, he sold his steel business and systematically gave his collected fortune away to cultural, educational, and scientific institutions for the improvement of mankind. He was fond of the saying that man, the man who dies rich dies disgraced. He turned his attention to giving away his fortune. Now, he didn't like charity, and so what he did instead is he put his money to help, helping others help themselves. Helping others help what? themselves that was the reason he spent much of his collected fortune on establishing over 2,500 public libraries as well as supporting institutions of higher learning and you hear his name all the time the Carnegie Institute you hear his name everywhere by the time his life was over in 1919 he had given away 350 million dollars now in that and in the 2020 dollars 2022 dollars and by the way it could have changed from yesterday to today of inflation, but that would be $30.321 billion, gave away. Everybody say, he gave away. away. Now, the Rockefeller family at least started out that way. A little known fact is John D. Rockefeller, born in 1839, was a tither, and when he gave his children their allowances, he always reminded them, 10% go back to the church, 10% to the bank, and the rest was for you to see fit, 80-10-10. Such was the training that it would lead that particular family into the heritage of generosity and service. Sir John Templeton, born 1912, the fabulous wealthy self-made investor. Once we're in the New York Times, the more we give away, the more we have left. A man named J.C. Penney. Now, some of us who are older know that name, J.C. Penney. Some of you younger people have no idea who that is. J.C. Penney, born 1913, was a department store giant. Mr. Penney started as a tither. He Started as a What? giving the first 10 percent of his income to the church and using the rest to pay Uncle Salmon to live on. But as he progressed financially, he saw that he actually needed less and less of a percentage to live on. So he set, he set a goal. He decided that he would make enough money so that he could actually give 90 percent to the church and live on the rest. How many of y'all think that's a worthy goal? So he became more and more successful. He moved beyond the 10% mark, giving 15%, then 20%, and even more. And by the time he reached the height of his success, he was giving away 90% to the church and living on 10%. Now, at that point, Mr. Penny said that God was blessing him so much that he could not outgive God. He said that giving was one of the gifts God had given him, whereby he could faithfully serve. Now, some people would say, that many, Mr. Penny was able to do all that giving because he was so wealthy. But I would say that Mr. Penny was so wealthy because he did all that what? Giving. giving. You see, Mr. Penny gave God a reason to make him wealthy. Now you have to act like what the Word says about your life is so. And a part of acting like the Word is the way you talk, your confession, your profession. But another part of acting like the Word of God is so is your tithing and gift-giving as led by the Lord. Do you know why many Christians are poor? Because they do act poor. They do act poor. They act poor, so they are poor. Now listen, I'm telling you, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve of God's will, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So some of y'all got to throw away your prejudices. Some of you got to throw away some of these strongholds that are in your mind, because when we look at Luke six thirty-eight, give, and it shall be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Well, God will uh, shaking together, running over. I got so many different. So many different translations in my mind. Running together will be poured in your lap. For with the measure you use, it'll be measured what to you. Everybody say, "The measure I use, use. it'll be measured to me." Now, as I talk about this here, we got three. We probably have three groups of people right here in this room right now this morning. The group number one is the people that have a hard time receiving. They have a hard time receiving. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Maybe because you grew up in the denomination that didn't talk about it, or maybe you grew up in a denomination that mocked it. Maybe you grew up in a denomination that made fun of it. Maybe you've been around people in the world that made fun of it. Listen, anything the world says about Christianity means nothing to me. You ever heard these politicians quote scripture and they have no idea what they're talking about? Like the Bible, like the scriptures say. And then they start saying, they have, they, they have no, that, some speech writer threw that in there because they figured, you know, we got to hit the religious angle, right? They're, listen, what they say about, I don't listen to what they say about the Bible because they don't know the Bible. They don't know about, they don't know the Bible. And listen, I don't care about what the world's saying about giving and receiving because they don't know the Bible. And so some people have this, preset condition against receiving from the Lord, against receiving from God. I mean, I mean, years ago, I was in a class at a seminary that's a certain denomination. Myself and another man in the church was at this class, and it was a large class, about 50 people, and they started getting on a conversation about some of this, and that one of the guys sat, sitting next to us raised his hand, and he goes, I believe they, they think this. He goes, I believe they think that if you're, if you're in trouble, that you can give your way out of trouble. And I believe also they think that if, it's not your, if it doesn't meet your need, then it must be your seed. I looked at the guy from our church, and I went, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's he's, he's got it nailed down. But he was saying this truth, but yet while he was saying this truth, were they accepting this truth? No. no. They were mocking it and making fun of this truth. They were laughing at this truth. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's all they want. That's all they're, they're out. They're out just to get this money, and they're out just to get that. No, listen. This is a principle in the kingdom of God. This is the way God operates. This is the way his kingdom operates. Pastor Learfield's been talking to you about this. You plant a seed. No farmer in their right mind would plant seeds and not to expect a What? A harvest. No farmer just goes out there and plants seed just for the heck of it or because they're, and then the harvest comes. No, I'm too humble to get that. I'm too humble to get the harvest. Uh-uh, I, God, I don't deserve that. No, listen. God has put this system in place to give so that you what? Receive. receive. Everybody say, give so that I receive. Give so that I receive. In case you had a question about it, the second part of Luke six thirty-eight. there, he says, a good measure. A what type of measure? measure. How many of y'all like good measures? A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running what? More than enough. Running what? Running over. Running over. Will be poured into your lap. Whose lap? Whose lap? lap? Your lap. Your lap. It'll be given to you. It'll be poured into your lap. We are simply taking God at His word. Amen. We're simply taking God at His word. Now I've learned Pastor Learfeld that you cannot offend God by believing Him. It honors Him. Everybody say, it honors him. it honors him. Now listen. It honors Him. How does it honor Him? Well, because when you give to Him, And when you depend on the harvest that you gave to him, you are making God your source. You are making God your source. This is why it's so important that you learn to receive from what you plant or the seeds you sow because you are making God your source. See, the person that can't receive that ends up going out and making their job their source. They make some financial scheme their source. They make this their source. They make that their source, whatever it may be. I mean, it's everything else except the kingdom of God. So when you learn how to receive from God, you are not demeaning God. You are not forcing God to do something that he doesn't want to do. You are actually honoring God because you are saying, God, you are my source. The world says I need to hold on to all this stuff. And not do anything with it. But you say that I need to be generous on every occasion. So as I give, it's given back unto what? To me. So by you doing this, it is counter-cultural. It is counter-against the way the world is operating. So by you learning and depending upon God to receive from Him what you give, you are actually making God bigger in your life. You're making God your source. Amen. Amen. That's group number one. They have a hard time receiving. The second group is they have a hard time giving. They like the, they like to talk about the receiving part. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Luke six thirty eight says what? Give. Everybody say give. give. What's the first word there? Give. What's the first word? Give. give. And it shall be given to you. Give. give, 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 give. And listen, I've been around a lot of these people my whole life. Uh, you see these people, you hear these people, and man, they're just fantasy talkers. They just, they might as well go play some fantasy board game and, and roll some dice and, and have fun with that. Because what they do is, is they talk about receiving, but they never actually give. You can't receive unless you what? Yeah. You can't receive unless you give. What's the last part of that? What's the next verse say? For the measure you use, it'll be what? It'll be measured to you. The measure you use, it'll be measured to you. Now I was just a young man. I was just in. The, I mean, I just started working a few years uh, for the ministry. And these two ladies, that were quote unquote these two young girls that were quote unquote on fire for the Lord. You know, on fire for the Lord, whatever that means. And 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 uh, and, and they went away to Bible school. And they came back, and when they came back to, from Bible school, they were useless. Useless. Because, you know, they wanted to talk about, did you feel that? Did you feel that? Did you feel, listen, I don't walk my feelings. Did you feel that? Feel what? I'm, 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 I'm looking around. What are we feeling? <laughs> right? What, what, what's going on here, right? I mean, and then, so they started going around talking about, we're claiming a million dollars to start our ministry. We're claiming a million dollars to start our ministry. We're claiming a million dollars to start. And they thought, they probably thought, they probably thought they were walking in faith. Man, they probably thought, yeah, I'm going out there. I'm going way out there. Forget about the 100,000 mark. Forget about the 500,000. I'm going for a million because I've got great faith. Yeah. I mean, and it was, just, it was just fantasy talk. It was just fantasy talk. Because guess what part of the equation they forgot? The give part of the equation. The give part of the equation, you got to put some seed in the ground, and the other part of the equation they forgot is there are no shortcuts. Amen. There are no shortcuts. Amen. So when you plant the seed, like we we said, Smith Wigglesworth's favorite scripture, right? First the seed, first the stalk, then the corn, right? Then from the corn, then the uh, kernel in the corn, right? I mean, I mean, all those things. It takes time. So you never say it takes, it takes time. So there are people that are talking big. But their actions don't line up their talking. Amen. Their actions don't line up their talking. But then there's a third group here this morning, and that is you're working both sides of the equation. You're into giving and receiving. Anybody in here to giving and receiving? Amen. How many y'all know it is an honor to give unto the kingdom of God? Amen. How many y'all know it is a privilege to give unto the kingdom of God? It is a privilege to sow seeds into the kingdom of God, but it's also a privilege to receive from God. It's a privilege to receive the harvest from God. Giving and what? Receiving. Everybody say giving and receiving. Giving and receiving. Tell your never say I'm into, I'm into giving and receiving. And receiving. Tell your other never say I'm into, I'm into giving and receiving. And receiving. See, we're working both sides of the equation. We're working the principle. We're working the principle. I said, we're working the principle. We showed this testimony last year. Uh, There's a family in the church, and this, this married couple couldn't have children. They were having problems having children, so they tried many different avenues, and nothing seemed to work. And I remember this because being in charge of the youth group, they started helping out with the youth group. They started helping out with the youth group. Even though they couldn't have kids, what did they start doing? They started, they started sowing seeds. 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 Man, they were sowing seeds. And it's, it's a lot of work to work with teenagers. They will press your buttons. They will push your boundaries. They will throw footballs into your face a couple weeks ago like I had. Right? I mean that all kinds of things happen, right? I mean, I mean, it, it it's work. So I never say it's work. work. And how many all know that would be a little bit, it would be difficult to come and be helping with other people's children when you don't have any children of your own. But they were giving. They were giving, but they also believed in the what? They're receiving. Y'all are a little lost. They believed in the giving, but they also believed in the what? They also believed in the receiving, amen. So as they were helping out, as they were working, as they were doing these things, I remember, I remember. We're believing God for a child. We're believing God for, we're in agreement, amen. We're in agreement, we're in agreement. And guess what happened? They had a child. Wow, the excitement in the room. I said they had a child. Amen. Amen. And and that child graduated from St. Paul's last year. And is at uh, Texas A&M University, uh, completed their first year at Texas A&M University. And I'm telling you, this giving and receiving is a big deal. It's a big deal. So we don't just give flippantly. We don't just give because we have to. We don't just give because we're commanded to. We don't just give because it's, a, it's what God tells to. But we give, and then when we give, we know we what? Receive. We receive. Giving and receiving is the way the kingdom of God operates. Now, listen, let me talk to some of you young adults here this morning. Because some of y'all are going after the world. You're trying to look like the world, act like the world, and be like the world. And the reason why you're trying to do that is because you are not planting seeds in the kingdom of God. And therefore, you don't have a harvest in the kingdom of God. So you think you got to go out to the world. Listen, I'm telling you, this is a big deal. This is a big deal. As a matter of fact, just a couple, uh, probably a couple months ago, during prayer time, the Lord, the Lord uh, began to speak to me about something I need to tell my kids. So I, after prayer was over, we have a group text. I, I put it out in a group text. I said, look. I said, look, the reason why God is blessing us to pay for your college and to pay for everything and do all these things is not for you to go out and waste it. Amen. The reason why God is doing this is so that you can start planting your own seeds now. So you can start planting your own seeds now. So you can start putting your seeds in the ground now. See, we got to teach our children this concept of what? Giving and what? Receiving. I need something. I need this. I need this. All right, well, let's give. Come on. What are we going to do? How are we going to give? Where are we going to? Looking for ways to what? To be generous on every occasion, right? Giving and what? Receiving. Giving and Receiving. We all see this in Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek what? First the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these what? Things shall be what? Added unto you. Shall be added unto you. Hebrews 11, 6. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a what? He's a what? He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him, that diligently seek Him. So see, when we receive from our harvest, when we receive from what we give, it doesn't make us a greedy Christian. It makes us a godly Christian. It makes us a Christian dependent upon God as our source. Say this out loud. Say, it is the will of God that I I prosper in this life. Say, God has a plan for me to prosper. So I'm going to work God's plan and I'm going to prosper and I'm going to prosper now. Amen. Amen. How do you beat inflation? Giving. That's how you do it. I was talking about on Wednesday night how that you know, I'm catching up on the annual Bible reading and we're in 2 Kings and talks about Elisha. And man, Elisha was so dependent upon God that it did not matter what was going on around him. The circumstances changed. He had all kinds of different issues. He had all kinds of different stuff going on. But every time Every time Elisha had learned from Elijah how to make God his source. So when they came to him, talking to him about the circumstances, he just blew it off. And it bothered people. It bothered people. Shouldn't you be worried? (laughs) Shouldn't you be worried? Oh my gosh. God told Jeremiah, I am the sovereign Lord. Is anything too hard for me? No, it's not. If you'll work the plan of God, if you'll work and follow in obedience the plan of God. Number two, if you want to establish a covenant of increase with God, then you got to step up in the way you talk, in the way you act, and in the way you give. If you want to establish a covenant of increase with God, then you will have to step up in the way you talk, the way you act, and the way you give. And the Bible warns us not to be deceived. And when the Bible warns us not to be deceived, how many of y'all know we should pay extra attention? Amen. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Amen. A man reaps what he sows. A man reaps, does it say a man reaps what God sows? No. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. And that's what we're talking about on Wednesday nights. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. If we do not what? Give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. So there's that generosity. There's that generosity again. The increase is there, but it's simply dependent on you to step up and start acting like it. The increase is waiting on you to step up and act up, uh, step up your level up into what God wants to do. Verse 7 Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. He reaps what he sows. But listen. Listen very carefully. Part of walking in the harvest of God is remaining consistent. Part of walking in the harvest of God is remaining consistent. Not Letting anything move you, but staying on course. Tell you never say you need to stay on course. Verse nine: Let us not become weary in doing good. How many y'all ever gotten tired of doing good? One, person, two, three. Come on now. I mean, I know y'all are in here at church. And God bless you for being here. But come on, there's sometimes you don't feel like going to church. Talk about feeling. Do you feel it? Yeah, I feel like I need to stay home. Is what I feel like. Right? Do not become weary in what doing good. Doing what? Good. good. For at the proper time, you will reap a harvest. If, if everybody say if. if. You do not give up. Man, I mean, sometimes Christians remind me of squirrels. I mean, they're going one direction, then they're going the next, and then they're going the next, right, and here comes trouble right down the road. And then they don't know what to do. And then poof, splat, they're just gone. Because <laughs> they can't go. They can't stay consistent. They can't stay consistent on a, on a certain way of going. <laughs> That's massive. I can't I, listen, parents dealing with teenagers. I cannot, I cannot underestimate. After doing this now this month, twenty-eight years, I cannot. I, I'm here to tell you, one of the biggest pitfalls pitfalls that, te, that parents make on teenagers is they change because the teenagers are pushing them to change. Huh? Huh? You remain consistent. Amen. Yeah, but you know they're really upset. They don't like it. I'm scared they're going to do Listen, they'll be fine. That's right. Amen. They'll be fine. Because you you're going to prove out over time. You're going to prove out over time Amen. that this works. Amen. There's a reason why we teach the way we teach. There's a reason why we have the expectations we have, the expectations we have. Because it works. Terry never say, it works. Luke chapter 16, verses 10 through 13. Luke chapter 16. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. Look at verse 11. So if you, do, if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you have not been trustworthy in someone else's property, who will give you a property of your own? No servant can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. The, the King James Version says you cannot serve both God and mammon. The world's system of money. The world's system of money. And that's what God's modern peop- people have done. They've not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth. And God, therefore, cannot give them wealth of their own. God's modern people have not been trustworthy with small sums of money, so God has been unable to trust them with large sums of money. Christians especially like to act like they are poor when it's time to receive tithes and offerings. And that is why they are poor. Christians especially like to act like they're living in lack when it's time to receive tithes and offerings, and that, my friend, is why they are living in lack. Amen. That's right. Too many of God's people think that God is stupid. They think that they can be cheap with God and God will turn around and be generous with them. Or how about this? They think they can be cheap with God and then blame God for their results. Right. I can't think of any... I mean, there's some other ways, but that's, that's, that's high up there on the list of one way is to get on, to make God upset. is to be cheap towards him, not work his plan, and then you turn around and blame him and say that it's his will. I don't understand it. I know there's a reason. And blame him for that. God has given you the ability, whatever you're facing, whatever issue you're facing, Whatever challenge you're facing, God has given you the ability to start today and to act now and get out of that challenge. Get out of that issue. Get out of whatever it is that you are facing. Luke six thirty-eight: 38, it'll be given to you a good measure. Press down, shake together, running over. We'll be pouring your lap for the measure you use. It'll be measured to you. For with the measure you use, it'll be measured to you. So how is it going to be given back to us according to the same measure we use to give out? And that is why people have lack. And listen, I'm talking to myself. I'm talking to myself. There is no doubt that God wants to do more in Aaron Wood's life that I'm experiencing at this very moment. There's no doubt. There's no doubt in my mind. There is no doubt in my mind. But I'm working on it. I said I'm working on it. So I've been giving. And then when I give and I attach my faith to that seed and I've been confessing and I've been believing. And guess what? I've been receiving. I've been receiving. And here's a thing about God is the levels keep going up and up and up and up and up and let me tell you when you get to a new level you got to learn how to handle that level Amen. you got to learn how to handle that level Amen. listen when i was buying stocks and i had $100 and i was buying stocks who cared who cared if tesla went up 20% or down 20% i mean who really cared right but you start getting some money and you start put you start putting money in stocks you start to care. Amen. Amen. That's right. You start to care. Things, new, new levels require more responsibility, more focus, more ability to stay. I am going with the Lord and I trust you, Lord. Amen. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. You are my source. You are my source. So I operate and I give according to the way you told me. Now, listen, will tell you what else this does is this lifts the complete burden off of me. Amen. This lifts, because this I'm not doing this myself. When I go to work, I'm not going to work by myself. I've got seed in the ground, and I got a harvest coming. Amen. I got a harvest coming. Amen. Now, what day is it going to come? I don't know, but I know Galatians 6, we just read, right? I'm not giving up because at the proper time. I'm going to reap a harvest. And I want to show God, listen, I'm faithful. I'm faithful. I'm faithful. I'm faithful. I'm faithful. I'm faithful. We're so blessed. We're so blessed. I was in meeting with one time with Pastor Sue. She says, she says, Aaron, you know, No matter what's going on, it doesn't matter. I'm going to church. I'm going to church. Everybody can like me. Everybody can be be against me. It doesn't matter. I'm going to church. See, that's the level of commitment you're dealing with here. And that's why there's a level of blessing on this place. Amen? Amen. 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 Let's bow our head and close our eyes. If you're here this morning, you know, that level of commitment doesn't start With the harvest, that level of commitment starts with you by receiving what God has done for you. Receiving. He didn't have to die for you. You understand this. He didn't have to come down here and live a sinless life for you. But he did. He wanted to. He's the greatest seed. He's the greatest seed that was planted in the ground for you and I so that we may live new life. Romans chapter 6 says, that we were buried with him we were buried with him so that not not so that we might die but so that we may enjoy new life with him but see you got to receive that and you got to act on that so if you're here this morning and you say Aaron man I've never done that for my own life for who I am I'm not talking about what your grandparents have done I'm not even talking about what the person sitting next to you has done. I'm talking about you individually. If you're here this morning and say, Aaron, I have never personally and individually accepted, received that gift that God has given me, that new life, to forgive me of my sins and to set me new. If that's you, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I want you to simply raise your hand high right now to where I can see it. as a sign to myself. It's a sign to God. You say, Aaron, that's me. I've never done that, but I want to do that right here, right now. Thank you. I see that. I hand you may put it down. Anybody else say, Aaron, that's me. Aaron, that's me. I want to receive what God has given me. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, Aaron, man, I hear what you're saying, man. I've gotten off track, maybe through bad relationship, maybe through sin, maybe just through laziness. You have not focused in on your relationship with the Lord. Your fellowship with him is broken. Well, first John one nine says, If you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of all your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So if that's you here this morning is Aaron, I gave my life to Christ at one time, but I haven't been living for him like I know I should. I need to get right with the Lord this morning. I need to get on track. I, I need to do what you did on that Saturday morning. I need to say enough is enough. I'm all in. I'm with you 100%. No more playing around. No more messing around. I'm in this deal. I'm in your kingdom 100%. If that's you, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want you to lift up your hand high right now to where I can see it. Thank you. I see that hand. You may put it down. Anybody else say, Aaron? That's me. Aaron, that's me. I need to get my fellowship back with the Lord. Anybody else say, Aaron? That's me. Lift up your hand high to where we can see it. Why do not everybody do this for me? Why don't you put down what you uh, what you have in your laps? Everybody stand up with me this morning. Let's rise to our feet and let's give an opportunity for those that raise their hands to move on what they've just said. So if you raised your hand this morning and you're serious, you mean it, I want you to come on down, step onto the aisle. If you've got a purse, you brought something with you, you're concerned about it, take it with you. Step onto the aisle and come on down here and join me right here at the front. Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you know you need this. Come on down right now. This is your time. This is your opportunity. This is what God has in store for you. We don't do this to embarrass anybody. We do this simply. Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me in front of men, I'm going to be ashamed of you in front of my Father. You're in a room full of people that love God. You're in a room full of people that are for you, not against you. You're in a room full of people that have nothing but great things to help you with and to say unto your life. Anybody else say, Aaron, that's me. I want you to just come on down the aisle, come down here and join me at the front. For the sake of those that came forward, or maybe for the sake of those watching, Online, let's repeat this prayer for me. Say, Father God, I come before you. I give you my life. Come into my life. Transform me. Change me. Do what you need to do in my life. I confess my sins, and your word says that as I confess them, that you are faithful and just to forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I believe that. I receive it. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray for these people that have come forward this morning. I thank you, Father God, that you've got nothing but great things in store for them. I thank you, Father God, that whatever Satan meant for evil will be turned for good. And I command you, Satan, in the name of Jesus, to take your hands off of their lives. Take your hands off of every aspect and every part of their life, for you've got nothing but good things. Romans 8, 28, whatever Satan meant for evil will be turned for good. I thank you, Holy Spirit of God, that you're filling them from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. They may know sense and feel your presence. And I thank you, Father God, that as they go forward, that they will learn to live in you and be strong in you. And we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm so excited. So excited. If we could take these screens and show you everything that God wants to do for you, you would think, oh, my gosh, so much he loves you, so much he has in store for you. So we want to be a blessing to you. We got something we want to give you, a book written by Pastor Learfeld, God's Very Own Child, that will help you because today is great. But the real question is, what about tomorrow? What about Tuesday? And we want to be a blessing to you. So if y'all will follow Mr. Lewis right there and go with him, and we'll get you right back in the service. Let's give him a round of applause. Come on. You can do a better job than that. Come on now. Come on now. We need to get excited about what God gets excited about. Amen. And maybe you're watching online and you prayed that prayer with us here in Arlington, Texas. Well, you need to go to FCC. Arlington.com, FCCArlington.com slash salvation. Let us know that you prayed that prayer. We want to give something to you. We want to send God's very own child by Pastor Lingerfeld to you. We want to be a blessing to you because wherever you are in this world, we are for you, and we are with you as a new brother and sister in Christ. Amen.